Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 292, Everybody Misses Everybody. Saturday, March 12th, 2022. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. Each time I record an episode, I post show notes, photographs, and links to things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. You can also find Yarns at Yin Hu on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and a host of other podcast apps. Today's episode includes the following segments, the back porch, the front porch, and off the shelf. Hello, everyone, and welcome. As is my usual practice, I am very, very early at the Castle Inn in Delaware Water Gap. It's Saturday morning instead of Sunday morning, and I am working to get this podcast recorded in advance of Winter Storm Quinlan, which is headed our way. And every minute seems to bring an increase in the forecast snow amounts. Listeners, I've missed you. And I'm so thankful, so grateful and touched by all of your well wishes, checking in, your cards and notes, your very thoughtful words to help me through the loss of my mom. It's been a very tough few months, which have been softened by the kindness of friends, listeners, and members of this fiber community. I'm very, very thankful Um, you've helped me stay well, and I really appreciate that. I've been longing to talk to you. And I have a few things of a timely nature, one in particular, that inspired me to get over here this morning and uh, get a short episode out. I've discovered over the course of the past half hour that over these several months, I've become quite rusty. Nevertheless, I'm glad to be here, so pleased to be talking to you and sharing some updates on my knitting. On the back porch is a sweater I've knit with purchases from Rhinebeck 2021. It's the Baltian sweater designed by Caitlin Hunter. I had this sweater in mind when I was shopping at Rhinebeck this past October and found some yarns through the Battenkill Fiber Mill booth and at Carol Foster's Foster Sheep Farm booth. I chose colors that um, I would not normally put together, but that really spoke to me as I was shopping and I thought offered an opportunity to go for something a little more bold and bright than usual. For the main color of the sweater, I chose uh, some yarn from Gail Piranello. 
she had been working to create a sock yarn. So it's a fingering weight yarn with a good deal of toothiness and some long wool in it. And it's kind of a dusty purple color. She was selling this for $10, a 400 yard skein at Rhinebeck, which I thought was sort of the deal of the festival. And the color is not unusual for me really at all. I love dusty purples, purple leaning browns, those kinds of, of muted colors. For the color work in this sweater, I chose a very bright salmon pink color of Foster Sheep Farms hand-dyed yarns. And that's also a fingering weight. It's a little more fluffy. It has a little more body to it. And I thought that would work well to kind of pull forward. Both the texture and the color would sort of pull forward in the sweater, which is exactly what I wanted for color work. Baltian is a boat neck sweater knit from the top down. It has color work around the yoke, but it's not your usual color work yoke style construction. Most sweaters with a color work yoke that start top down will have increase rounds where increases are distributed evenly around the yoke of the sweater. And then there will be, you know, varying sizes of motifs. If it's a fair isle sweater, there'll often be small motifs and there will be increased rounds in between those motifs. In the case of Baltian, all of the increases are made along two seams that run down each shoulder. So they're made on either side of those seams. All of the increases are there. And that allows for the design of a very linear motif. It's not nothing like Fair Isle at all. I would call this like a stylized feather. It's quite graphic. That also influences the way that the sweater fits. So it sits on the shoulders and creates sort of this bat wing look. I really wanted to try a color work sweater like this. I don't have anything like that in my wardrobe and I was attracted to that bold graphic look. I didn't intend when I bought the yarn for the sweater to um, add mohair or a mohair silk to the collar work. That's what Caitlin Hunter directs you to do in the pattern. But after working a few rounds of the collar work, I did think that adding a strand of mohair would intensify the look of the color work motif. So I happened to have some. I was using it for some Christmas hats that I knit and uh, I added a strand of mohair silk to the salmon pink yarn. I really like the result of it. The motif moves forward. It's very pleasing. I enjoy the bat wing shape. There's a little bit of um, short row shaping in the back to bring the, the back a little bit lower along the hem and higher along the back neck. 
so it has really nice coverage. And then because of the way the sweater is knit in this bat wing style, there's almost no sleeve to knit. I knit about four or five inches of ribbing for each cuff, and that creates sort of a just below the elbow length for the sleeve. This is a comfortable, very wearable, easy kind of sweater. It worked perfectly during my 100-day dress challenge where I was wearing a sleeveless black knee-length dress from Wool and for 100 days, and I was pairing it with different pieces from my wardrobe. The, the number one type of piece was a cropped sweater that worked well with the dress. And so when I finished the sweater around Valentine's Day, it went you know, right into rotation with this dress. And I really do enjoy the sweater and um, I enjoyed the knitting of this style. One thing I've learned when approaching new pattern construction, something that I've never tried before, is to look very, very closely at finished object photos and to read the notes of knitters who have worked the pattern. And I found in the case of Caitlin Hunter, this is particularly important. And in doing this research before starting the sweater, I noticed that many knitters had very, very unfortunate rolling of the neckline when they attempted this I-cord cast on for a neckline that Caitlin Hunter directs in the pattern. Some people were able somehow to salvage it by reducing the number of stitches or doing some extra seaming after finishing the sweater, but there were many knitters who were very disappointed with the result. I looked over the notes, I looked at the photos, and I thought very carefully about this and decided that I would try a different approach to casting on. I used a tubular cast on and I did just a bit of one by one rib for the neckline of the sweater. This gave me a lot more control. I could predict a lot better what would be happening. And I even, I think, went down a needle size or two to do this, this cast on. The one by one rib was repeated elsewhere in the pattern. So I felt it was sound as a style element. The sleeves end with one by one rib cuffs. There's one by one rib along the hemline of the sweater. So it made sense to me that the neckline would imitate this, you know, this look. And uh, I was ultimately pleased with the way the neck sit on my shoulders and was able to avoid that very unfortunate rolling. Once again, that pattern by Caitlin Hunter is Baltian, B-A-L-T-I-A-N. After completing the Baltian sweater, I was up for something a little less experimental, a little more 
tried and true in terms of its fit and shape. And I was looking through my wardrobe thinking about the types of garments that I reach for the most and what might be really useful as we approach warmer weather in spring and summer. And I have one open front three-quarter length sleeve cardigan in um, fingering weight yarn that is really, really useful for layering over camisoles and tanks or you know, bringing if there could be air conditioning or a cool evening breeze, that kind of thing. But I only have one of those. And I thought that would be a really good garment to work on, very practical and useful. And I could use yarn from Stash. So I've cast on a second Bryce cardigan, B-R-I-S-E. This is a design by Hannah Fettig. Many, many, many people have knit the featherweight cardigan by Hannah Fettig and have complained that it is ill-fitting and falls off the shoulders. The Bryce cardigan, on the other hand, has a very similar look, but sits on the shoulders much better. I think the construction is somewhat different. I really like the fit of the Bryce sweater that I've knit already. And so in looking through stash, I found some Spencer Hill naturally dyed yarn that I bought at the Allentown Fiber Festival several years ago. This is in her Harriet base, which is a 7525 Superwash BFL nylon base. Um, And the colorway is Stormy Weather. She doesn't say what dyes she used to produce the naturally dyed yarn. So I think I may give her an email and just ask for a little more information on how she dyed this stormy weather. It's a beautiful um, brown leaning gray, very muted. There's a little color variation. I mean, it's hand dyed, so I'm definitely alternating skeins. Um, because there is a a bit of color variation, but mostly it's quite a consistent color, Uh, very, very neutral. And I think even though it's not an incredibly exciting knit, uh, it will get a lot of wear. And the, the BFL is very nice to work with. So I have so far with that sweater completed all of the increases in um, the shoulders in the yoke and I'm ready I believe to separate for the sleeves. My other cast on is a pair of socks of course with yarn from Knit Spin Farm. The yarn I just received because I did one of her pre-orders and when it came When it comes, sometimes I don't immediately cast on. Sometimes I accumulate some yarns from Joanna and then pull out something that's a little bit older to knit with. However, when Hey Girl by Spot the Sheep arrived, I just had to wind it and cast it on because it's so beautiful with purples and greens 
it's just verdant and alive and makes me think of spring and pastures and sheep munching the grass. And uh, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous self-striping yarn. So I've cast on my first sock and I've knit all the way down the cuff and have started the heel. And I'm really enjoying these absolutely gorgeous colors. I've also been so inspired just as, you know, a really difficult winter seems like it will never end. On my Instagram feed appear all of these wonderful photographs of baby lambs. <laughs> it just seems like every year it happens at the perfect moment that my feed is flooded with lambs and lambing and stories about late nights in the barn and kitchen lambs and it's just really heartwarming and lifts the mood quite a bit. It's just another reason to diversify your feed as much as possible so that, you know, in addition to getting images of pretty yarns flashing on your screen all of the time, you're also getting the stories behind those products that you love. That's what I really appreciate about this community. Now that I'm into the knitting on this Bryce cardigan, I start to turn my attention to my next cast on. There's sort of a point in a project where my attention shifts from what I'm actually working on to what I'm going to work on next. I don't know if that's the same for you. But I've been thinking about summer tops and specifically summer tops knit with a chainette or chain construction tape type of yarn. This would be something like um, Knit Picks Lindy Chain or Quince and Company Kestrel, something like that. I have some of these yarns in stash and it's always a little bit challenging figuring out how to substitute yarn like that. So instead of thinking like that, I'm trying to think of some patterns that would work with this yarn that I have. Mary Beth just finished Geometry. This is a pattern for a little top by Christina Gerlanda. And Mary Beth sang its praises. She said it, she knit it super fast. In looking at the design, it has very interesting construction uh, perfect sort of silhouette for summer over some of my Amy jumpsuits or over a sleeveless dress or a tank top. I think it would be brilliant. So I've been looking at that one and then I've also been looking at Holderness, which is a design by Cassie La Follette. This is for a knitted tank top, which has beautiful shaping and a nice folded hem that I think helps the top hang in a very beautiful way and emphasizes the drape of the chainette yarn. So those are the two things that have been occupying my, my brain space in the way of tops for the upcoming season.
as many of you listeners know, if you follow me on social media, I have concluded the 100-day dress challenge issued by a company called Wool and. They make uh, merino clothing, um, commercially made garments with a very um, high percentage of wool in the fabric and construction and styling that's suited to active women's everyday lifestyles. To extend this idea, they issue this challenge that here's a dress you could wear for 100 days in a row. At Rhinebeck, Mary Beth and I decided that we would embark on this challenge together. We started on Black Friday and we concluded on March 5th. In my next episode, I will be sharing a conversation with Mary Beth. So we have it set up that we'll do a Zoom call and talk about our experiences. We really haven't talked about it with one another very much at all. We've been reflecting privately and waiting for an opportunity to record a conversation. We would love to include your questions and inquiries in that conversation. We're working on formulating some questions for each other, but we'd love to take on your curiosities as well. You can reach out to me or to Mary Beth, and we will work to compile these questions and or comments and address some of them uh, when we record our next episode. That will be episode 293 and will be coming sometime at the end of March or beginning of April. Over the course of the 100-day dress challenge, two companies whose products I have grown to love and respect have expanded their commitment to sustainability. One is the Girlfriend Collective Re-Girlfriend program where you can purchase a mailer to send back your ruined or worn out girlfriend products and then receive a coupon for twice that amount off your next purchase. So I believe that the mailer is $7 and then you get a $15 coupon. I've been investigating this because my very first pair of girlfriend leggings is, it's on its way out. It's looking very worn. I've been very pleased with the quality of the product and how much wear I've been able to get out of it. And I think now it's time to replace these. And I'm so excited that instead of throwing them out, because I really don't think there's something anyone else would want to wear at this point, that I can recycle them through the company and purchase a new pair. The other company that has recently sort of expanded its sustainability is Briar. B-R-Y-R. Briar makes clogs on the West Coast of the United States in an all-female owned and operated company. I really admire their clogs. They are quite spendy. And now their re-Briar site is an opportunity to 
purchase or sell briar clogs that have already been worn, that you bought but weren't quite right. Um, I think that Briar is also selling off some sort of factory seconds with imperfections, stains, um, chips in the wood, that kind of thing. Perfectly wearable shoes, but just not, you know, pristine and brand new. So I've been searching the Rebriar site, kind of thinking about Um, you know, a potential purchase, just kind of investigating what is on offer. And I think it's also a great opportunity, um, maybe at some future date to sell a pair of briar clogs that I'm not wearing so frequently anymore and see if someone else would like to get some more use out of them. Just as Mary Beth and I were concluding our 100-day dress challenge with Wool and, the company started promoting a 30-day dress challenge. Many folks who have followed my challenge on Instagram have indicated a curiosity or a you know, just sort of like a wondering about what it would be like to do that. And if 100 days has seemed a little bit intense, maybe a 30-day dress challenge would be a more appropriate way for you to explore some of these themes, you know, looking at wardrobe, sustainability, the idea of a personal uniform, that kind of thing. Um, So the 30-day dress challenge is currently active. The hashtags are active and people are engaging in it. So that could be something you want to check out. Many of us have been engaging in different kinds of support for Ukraine and the people of Ukraine who are struggling and suffering in so many ways. One opportunity uh, to help with your support and participate in an event is something I'd like to share with you because it's coming up soon. It's an event sponsored by Tatter, the textile library I've talked about quite a few times on this podcast. The event is called A Stitch Gathering for Ukraine. And here's the description from Tatter's website. Join us on Thursday, March 17th from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time for a virtual stitching circle organized to support Ukraine. This stitch along will feature Ukrainian embroidery artist Hanna Rohatinska and translator Mariana Kutyak. Sarah Pedlow of Threadwritten Textiles will also be joining us. Together, we will be learning to embroider a Ukrainian motif, a star, which is viewed as a great symbol of protection in Ukrainian culture. We encourage participation donations of $20, but we have provided a few different amounts if you'd like to donate more or less. All donations made to participate in our event will be forwarded to select organizations in Ukraine, including Wings of Hope a charity that has been chosen by Hana. Upon checkout of your donation, you will be able to download the PDF for the charted embroidery pattern that we will be stitching, 
We've included a simple and a more advanced star motif so you can choose which you would prefer to stitch. Come learn and wrap your arms, hearts, and stitches around Ukraine. I will be registering for this event and hoping that I can participate. I will be on a overnight field trip on March 17th. And sometimes that sort of thing allows a little more flexibility in my schedule so I could actually get on this call and participate. We'll see. In any case, I'm making the donation because um, it's important to me to contribute to charities that people in our fiber community have identified as important. So I think this is a great way to do that and hopefully to get involved with some folks who are in the circle and communing during that time. Off the shelf, I want to conclude with a poem from a recent issue of The New Yorker. Oh, the Valentine's Day issue. The anniversary issue of The New Yorker. February 14th and 21st, 2022. It's called Night Herons. It's by Amy Gerstler. If you've been listening to the Yarns at Yanhu podcast for a while, you may have heard me mention that the great blue heron is my spirit animal. I identify with it and with herons of all types. I had an amazing green heron sighting during the pandemic. I feel as though whenever a heron appears, whether it's in life, in literature, on a card that Emily sent me with a design and engraving called The Little White Heron by Mark Catesby. Whenever these appearances occur, it's as though I'm getting a a special signal of hope and encouragement. And that's how I felt when I encountered this poem by Amy Gerstler called Night Herons. Amy Gersler is an American poet. On the Poetry Foundation's website, she's praised with having poetry that is in extremely rich, but not cluttered and not loud. And David Shapiro wrote in the Poetry Review, we see how effective a quiet, ruminative, and contemplative poem can be. That's how I felt recently, quiet, contemplative, and ruminative. And so I thought I would share this poem with you as a way to close the episode. There is also a line here from which the title for this episode has been drawn. Night Herons. All day long... You ring yourself out. Work virtually. Go nowhere. Brain exclusively tuned to end times music till twilight arrives to fold you in blue pleats of evening. A flock of night herons flaps past across the sky or your mind. 
It's the same either way. Long closeted thoughts rise with them, winging out from daytime roosts to forage swamps and wetlands, to nest in groups. Black crowned birds who croak like crows swoop low over mangroves, the whir of wings real or imagined blurs trivial things. Strange times lullabies declare doom looms. Everyone's muzzled, mired in dread. The future's not mutual. It's mute or dead. Everybody misses everybody. Try to ride it out as night herons seek what the sun will someday summon us to after endless seeming exile. A prayer to be spared. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. A psalm's promise. The night herons keep flying toward tomorrow's garlands.